The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. We're broadcasting across the world from our studio in Hollywood Boulevard, where entertainment meets technology. We've got a great interview for you today with Matthew Connolly whose company's created a terrific new app called The Staffing App. It's a very cool idea and it's a good interview. Now, the average US consumer trots off to the grocery store one and a half times a week. So six times a month, you walk up and down the aisles, you're pushing a cart with at least one wobbly wheel and you're slowly scanning the aisles for new products or trying to find whether your favourites have been discounted. Then you either stand in line at the cashier where you wait for somebody to sort through 50 coupons to save 50 cents on laxatives, or you send a shop clerk, or they send a shop clerk, racing to aisle 20 to find something that they've forgotten. Now, that usually takes you about 30 minutes of visit, so 72 trips to the supermarket a year is a full day and a half, absolutely wasted. So not only... Do most people dread it and find it absolutely boring? And that's why companies like Amazon, Google, Instacart, Walmart, and all those people are all competing for your grocery delivery. But Amazon is now making some serious moves with their same-day delivery service, Amazon Fresh, which was first launched about nine years ago now and has been benefiting greatly from some recent updates. And Amazon, Amazon, Amazon are pursuing Amazon Fresh very aggressively. Now, a new report claims that Amazon's planning on launching a number of tiny brick-and-mortar grocery stores that will only sell produce, milk, meat, and other perishables. And they're for fresh customers. So it's also rumoured that Amazon are introducing curbside pickup locations for online orders. So if you wake up in the morning at 6 o'clock and you don't have any milk for coffee, you phone ahead to your Amazon store, you drive past, and it's sitting at the curb waiting for you, and this passes through the window. That's pretty cool. And uh, it's also rumoured that they're building designated pickup locations for customers who want to order everything online and have it all brought to their car. Now, considering Amazon's unparalleled expertise in warehouse operations, it's easy to imagine a drive through grocery store where robots and conveyor belts load up your trunk with your required milk and cheese and eggs and probably, 
beer. So, but how are we going to keep up with all of the valuable news in the trash mags? I mean, how the hell are you going to keep up with what Angelina and Brad and Jen and all them are doing? And you won't be able to buy your sugary drinks and you'll get thin. And there'll be no more Kit Kats. God, the world's just never going to be the same. Now, back in April, Mark Zuckerberg, who's the Facebook CEO, as you know, unveiled his grand 10-year map showing the company's trajectory, I'm having trouble speaking today, from now through 2016, 2026. So it points the way to Facebook's ideal future, a world where everybody's connected to the internet, where we talk to artificially intelligent computers as if they were human, and boldest of all, where virtual reality goggles are as common as our smartphones. And this will allow us to connect with people across the world as intimately as if they were in the same room. That's pretty cool. I could use some virtual reality to visit my son from time to time who never calls. <laughs> Facebook moved the marker on this ambitious roadmap a little bit forward this week with more details on how the social network will operate in its ideal virtual reality future. Zuckerberg showed off social VR using a combination of the Oculus Rift headset and a 360-degree camera to mash together the virtual reality and the real world like has never been done before. So in Facebook's vision for 2026, the social network plays a key role in most of the interactions that you have with fellow humans. It's pretty sad to think in 10 years' time, most of our interactions with fellow humans are going to be through VR. That's pretty pathetic. It provides a fascinating glimpse of the radical changes coming to the technology we use. And that's... Not to say it'll be easy for Facebook either. Just this week, Google held its own big event. And while that presentation was ostensibly to introduce new hardware, it gave us a glimpse of how Google is thinking about its own future and the ways in which Facebook's 10-year strategy overlap with that of Google. The most interesting comparison is in the futuristic and far-reaching technology being developed by each tech giant. Just this past week, Google said that the company is using artificial intelligence to build a personal Google for each and every user. Blimey. Facebook is investing heavily in AI to personalize its news feed also. Facebook's Oculus subsidiary may have sparked the sudden rush towards virtual reality, but Google isn't far behind with its Daydream View headset that they announced this week. With VR movies projected to be huge business in the near future, Google doesn't want to let Facebook steal YouTube's lead in video advertising. So Google and Facebook, they're both vying to become indispensable to the next phase of technology. And this isn't a battle that's going to be one, one product release, one new website designer, one new app. It's a war that'll be fought in fits and spurts over the years to come. But for the winner comes control over the future. Speaking of Amazon, Amazon on Wednesday launched Amazon Music Unlimited, which is a music streaming device 
service designed to compete with apps like Spotify and Apple Music. Now, Music Unlimited differs from Amazon's previous music service, which, as you know, is called Amazon Prime Music, in that it's got tens of millions of songs instead of just two million and is open to users who don't subscribe to Amazon Prime. So this puts it on a par with Spotify and Apple Music Selection. Amazon's Music Unlimited app will work on iPhone and and Android devices, as well as Windows and Mac computers. Amazon Music Unlimited costs $9.99 a month for non-Prime members and $7.99 a month for Prime members. I think Prime is about $99 a year. Amazon's also offering a $3.99 a month plan that'll work only with the company's Echo Smart speakers. That's a sneaky way to sell your speakers. Amazon's tailored the service to work well with voice controls. So when using Amazon Music Unlimited through the Echo or other Alexa-enabled devices, users can ask Amazon's virtual assistant to play a specific artist, a particular song, or a music that um, fits a certain mood. And Alexa will also be able to find music by lyrics when you can't remember the name of the song. So that that is a fantastic advantage because often the um, words to the song and particularly the um, the middle eight or the catchy bits they're not um, they're nowhere near the title of the song. So Amazon's latest launch comes just before Google's going to release its own voice controlled speaker called Google Home, which it's cheaper than Amazon's Echo and at one hundred twenty nine dollars, and it allows users to pick their display default music service for streaming. So make no mistake, Amazon Music Unlimited isn't about music or the AI or competitive pricing. It's all about Amazon Prime, the not exclusive club that's slowly taking over the world. Earlier this year, Consumer Intelligence Research Partners released an analysis of Amazon Prime member retention And the results are unbelievable. 73% of 30-day trial subscribers pay 99 bucks for a full year. And then once they've subscribed, 91% renew for a second year and 96% renew for a third year. I don't know of any other membership um, service that gets that sort of retention. And just last week, Amazon added free books, magazines and comics for Prime subscribers, and they also offer unlimited photo storage and free restaurant delivery and a whole bunch of other stuff. I can remember when um, Amazon was just an e-commerce company. Not anymore. It's a recurring annual membership company where you get a lot of good stuff for free while having the options of adding premium services for a small monthly charge. And, of course, Amazon's got the advantage of having bloody giant warehouses that can deliver anything you want, anywhere you want, in just a couple of hours. So it's a biggie. If you enjoy this radio show each week, then you should become a member of the Bob Pritchard Premium Club. And if you're not a member, then go to my website, bobpritchard.com, and join today. Let me tell you about the benefits quickly. You'll be invited to members-only webinars. And... 
you know, all those uh, successful CEOs that you admire, well, you'll get to meet them on the Successful CEOs program, and you'll also receive a CD of interviews with 50 of the world's most successful people, what they've achieved, how they got there, and the challenges that they had to overcome. You'll also get access to business merchandise discounted to cost, and you get loyalty points so that you can get more stuff. I mean, how good is this? And if you join now, you'll also receive one month's bonus membership and the program is 100% guaranteed. So what do you got to lose? Now, as a lot of you may know, I uh, have a daily newsletter and now goes out to 81,000 business executives in 60 countries every day. And it, the best thing about it is it's a, thir- it's a single topic and it's a 30-second read. So 30 seconds is done. And you've got a whole bunch of information that is valuable to you and um, is interesting. So subscribe to that and you go on to my website, bobpritchard.com, and subscribe. Now, my guest today is Matthew Connolly. Matthew's been marketing online since 1999, which makes him a true veteran of the online space. And he's the CEO of Two Brains, which is T-O-O. Brains, a holding company that owns various emerging technology companies in industries such as blockchain, mobile applications, social media, cryptocurrency, artificial intelligence, all of the hot button products of today. And what Two Brains does, it identifies the inefficiencies in each of these areas and it builds successful companies by solving the problems that those businesses face today. And I'll be back with Matthew Connolly immediately after this short break on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Business Radio Show. Now, over the past five plus years, we've given you the insights into the lives of over 300 of the world's most successful and interesting business people. We've talked about what they do, the um, things that they did to become successful, and 
the challenges that they overcame and we also tried to sort out work out what makes them tick what drives them you know it's extremely difficult to create a successful business as we know from the fact that 95 plus percent of businesses all go broke and we all need to receive advice and assistance from those entrepreneurs who have achieved success there's no point in repeating mistakes that somebody else has already overcome so the aim of this segment is to assist you to become more successful and hopefully unbelievably successful everyone in any business faces the same challenges you it doesn't matter what you do everybody begins with a dream they put it into practice they work hard they persevere and they overcome each of the obstacles as, as they are presented with them and my guest today Matthew Connolly he's been marketing online since 1999 now in internet years that's a hell of a long time and it makes him a true veteran in the online space he has a real passion for marketing and emerging technologies and he's been able to tie marketing and emerging technologies together and leverage them to generate tremendous income for his own businesses as well as those of his clients his foundations built on direct marketing principles where each dollar spent should not only return a strong multiple but also continue to build a substantial database which then provides a foundation for the company to grow its business matthew's the ceo of two brains which is t-o-o not t-w-o and it's a holding company that owns various emerging technology companies in industries that you're very familiar with on this program such as blockchain mobile app locations social media cryptocurrency and artificial intelligence two brains it identifies marketing inefficiency so it goes out finds the inefficiencies and then builds successful companies solving the problems that it's identified so that's all very smart matt welcome to the bob pritchard radio show and you're being held live around the world well, Bob, no pressure, right? Um, no boy, pressure. that's uh, quite quite a nice introduction, and uh, I have to say I've admired you from from far away for some quite some time, and uh, it's just a, a pleasure and a privilege to be on the show today. Thank you. Now, before we get into the guts of the interview, could you just give us a a sh- short snapshot of your background, how you got started all those years ago um, with marketing online, and uh, some of the projects that you've been a part of in that time. Yeah, absolutely. I guess when I say that I've been marketing online since 1999, it really makes me feel old, I have to tell you. Um, uh, but it doesn't seem that long ago, but, you know, it's uh, it's quite some time ago. And as you said, in the Internet business, it is literally ages and ages. Light years, uh, so yes. Light years, yeah, absolutely. And uh, so when when I got started online, I actually was doing search engine optimization and, and marketing affiliate sites, which is selling other people's products. So could be PlayStations or paintballs or yeah. pet products, anything along those lines. And and so back in those days, actually, Google was just getting started. So no one really even understood what Google was. And uh, there was about 10 or so search engines out there. So it's quite a different game than it is today. And, uh, yeah, so that's how I got my start is just by marketing other people's products. And then I started to realize, hey, what if I built a list of people interested in 
um, XYZ, maybe they would be interested in another product as well and, and started to build a list, an email list of people and uh, routinely emailing them to get them to check out other offers that were similar or complementary or what have you. Right. And really that's where I got started to understand the, the, the power of direct marketing, which is uh, a, a business that I came from, which was direct mail when I got started working in 1995. And so the, the, the concept is, you know, quite simple. Is that if you're going to spend $10,000 on uh, a mailing or $100,000 on a mailing, you want to make sure that you get your money back and then some. Sure. And, uh, and so that's, that's really w- was the, the basic premise of, of how I got started uh, marketing online was just trying to identify places where I could get traffic and convert it into money, really. So that was, uh, that was the idea. So you must have built one hell of a mailing list over all those years. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, when I got started, there's um, really only a few autoresponder companies in the marketplace. Really, right. AWeber was, was, was really the, the only one that was on the marketplace back then. And, uh, you know, it, it really forced us to, to, to be creative and, and to actually, most of us who started marketing online back in those days, um, got into the programming business, not out of, let's say, a, a desire, but almost a necessity because none of the marketing tools that are available today um, were available back then. So sure. that, that was certainly one of the, the things that, that was necessary back in those days. So your business identifies inefficiencies in the marketplace, and then you go out and you develop technologies and, and then subsequently businesses around those inefficiencies to solve them. So can you give me a an example of a company or a technology that you've developed that fits that description, you know, that where you've made a difference? Sure. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. There's one um, that we, that we came up with years and years ago that was in the uh, staffing and recruiting business. And there's a, a new one in the staffing and recruiting business that I'll talk about as well. But to date back to a one uh, quite some time ago, which is, it has to do with companies that are uh, recruiters or just normal businesses that are taking in a lot of resumes. Right. Um, but unfortunately, those resumes aren't um, being dealt with properly. So as in the case of, of, of let's say, um, some, some major companies like a, a Pizza Hut or a Pepsi or something like this, um, they're getting a lot of applicants that are coming to them and unfortunately not treating those applicants really well. A lot of them don't hear back after they apply for a specific opportunity and they feel um, they feel bad about it. And, and quite often it, it results in some negative feedback where they say, look, I'm not going to buy your product again. Sure. And, uh, and, and this happens as well in, in the staffing and recruiting business where certain recruiters, you know, the only thing that they have is their time. So if someone contacts them for a sales position when they only recruit accountants, um, they're not going to... Uh, get back to that person. So what we came up with, we, we, we noticed this, this inefficiency in the marketplace. Right. So what we came up with was a solution to where we could actually serve those people who were not a fit for those recruiting firms, yes. the candidates, and to be able to guide them in a way where they felt as if they were being taken care of, even though um, there wasn't the job for them. So it's it, uh, a, a portal solution to where this this individual or these, these job seekers would get sent to a place where they'd get free information on their job search, a resume builder, uh, networking tips, uh, jobs that, that would um, interest them, that they, that they would have interest in. And so this was a solution that we came up with and it's been quite successful. There's been millions of, uh, of candidates have gone through that system and 
thousands of, of staffing and recruiting firms that have actually used that. So this is an example of, um, you know, one of my early mentors in the business, Jay Abraham, he always talks about getting more out of what you got and yep. identifying areas where you can, uh, you know, make additional revenue out of your existing business. And this is an opportunity and, and something that we found as far as the marketplace inefficiency. So this is one example. Um, one of our current examples, if we update it to the current technology, um, is in the mobile application business, and it's a, a project called the Staffing App. Yep. And the Staffing App is a mobile application template for recruiting firms who aren't likely to build their own application because it's expensive and it's costly and you need to update it and you need to have a tech team and you need all, all these issues and problems that you face. We realized that most firms weren't just going to build their own mobile application, but they wanted one because they know that all of their candidates are on mobile. Right. So seeing that and seeing that the problem facing a lot of staffing and recruiting firms today is finding the right candidates and, uh, and to be able to, to, to get those, those people and to identify places where they can find those people outside of the realm of what they're currently doing. Okay. So what the staffing app does is it actually finds candidates for them on Google and Apple. So you're talking about two of the, the giants in the sure. industry. Um, it allows a firm to actually upload their own app um, without doing any programming, without doing any of the, the technical stuff, and to be able to upload their jobs to, um, to, these bo- to these marketplaces. And naturally, by virtue of how they put in the keywords in their app and doing some other things that we show them, um, they are shown on searches for particular jobs inside of Google Play, which is the Android market, and Apple's App Store. So this is something that um, a lot of people don't realize how many searches are going on inside of these stores right now. It is absolutely crazy uh, what, what's happening. And uh, this is the opportunity for firms to be able to step in and to be able to uh, start off with, with something and, and identify uh, candidates by virtue of this brave new world on mobile. So the um, how many staffing companies are there? You know, when I think of staffing companies, I think of the, sure. the, big, the really big guys. But sure. how, how many staffing companies are there? Is, there? is there a plethora of smaller companies out there? Yeah, there really is. Um, you know, the, the number varies based on how the, how the economy is working. Um, so back in 2008, there were some, some reports that, you know, 30, 40% of, of the firms actually went out of business. But um, it, it, that said, there's still well over 100,000 firms in North America is, is the latest number that, that we've seen. So it's, it's, wow. quite, um, it's, it's, it's quite large, a lot larger than, than you think. And, and most of these firms are two, three, four, five five-person firms, in some, t- some cases, even, even one-man firms. Right. Um, so this is, um, this is what we see in the marketplace, and, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's quite larger than a lot of people realize. So how do they currently get um, applications? Do they advertise them? They get, somebody approaches them, and then that they run advertising for um, staff is, or for applications? Yep. Is that, that's how they do it yeah. currently. How do they do it? Yes. Yeah. How does it work through um, staffing app? Yeah, so what they're able to do through the staffing app is actually upload their their uh, their open positions into the application through a web interface. So they're able to, you know, really easily just get online, 
um, pop in their jobs and, and, and they will be populated inside their app. And now, based on how they fill out the, their app and, and their keywords inside the app and the name of the app, of course, as well, um, is how they're going to be found in Google, in, uh, in Apple's I, I, uh, iOS app store. Right. And so that's, um, that's how that works. And so that's how the candidates are able to find them through those searches. And there's also some, some additional um, tips and tricks that we give them to be able to get their, their mobile application downloaded, not just by virtue of the app store searches, but, but uh, other ways as well. So am I right in saying that instead of just reaching a few people that are inside their um, radius of influence, they now pick up all sorts of uh, people that are looking for positions on the web in a number of different places and they all get populated onto their site which enables them to a greater range of people to pick from. Absolutely and, and it's definitely one of the things we're working with in artificial intelligence as you said uh, on, on one of your newsletters that artificial intelligence AI needs information yeah. and so um, the information coming through on, on the resumes is a perfect fit for AI in terms of understanding who would be a good fit for a particular job and who wouldn't. And so this is actually um, a part of a future phase of what we're going to be offering is, is that ability for AI to be able to sort um, all the incoming resumes that are going to be naturally uh, coming in, in, in a plethora by virtue of the uh, kind of this, as I said, this brave new world on mobile. Yeah, I guess a combination of, of using big data, um, searching yep. big data and, and artificial intelligence would mean that you could pull down an enormous amount of information and then use AI to hone in on the specific people that you want. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could get down to something as if, uh, you know, one thing that in a previous life, um, quite some time ago, I actually was a recruiter. And um, back in those days, and this is in the 90s, and back in those days, what I found was, was really the key to making placements was to match personality. So if, um, if, a person in Chicago was a Chicago Bulls fan and, uh, you know, they liked athletics and they liked sports. It, it really was important to, to identify a candidate who, who had similar interests and similar likes. Absolutely. Um, they could connect, connect on some level. And so really it's one, it's one of the things that we're, we're talking about into the AI is to understand where someone went to school, what their interests are. And, of course, all of this information is available on big data, is in, in, available on Facebook. I mean, everyone – is uh, telling you what they like and what they don't like these days uh, by, by virtue of Facebook. And so this is definitely part of the algorithm going forward that's going to help sort who is the best fit for a particular job. Sometimes it's not just the, the best company that they work for, the previous company that they work for. Sometimes it is something as if, what, you know, what, what, who's their alma mater, what, what college they went to, sure. um, what, who's their favorite baseball team. Yeah. So – this really levels the playing field, doesn't it? If you're, if if I'm a little recruiter and I'm sitting up here in the Hollywood Hills and I've got four people sitting in my office, um, I'm a really little fish. But by using staffing app, it really levels the playing field with the big guys, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. I mean, it's something that uh, a lot of the big companies, the big firms, haven't really caught on to these strategies yet, which is typical. I mean, sure. if you look back to some of the things that I was doing 10 years ago in terms of internet marketing and, 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 and working with uh, Google AdWords as an example, this is just things that just now the big companies are, are, are starting to understand and to 
starting to dominate in these marketplaces, but it took them 10 years to do it. And yep. so uh, we're, we're seeing the same things in mobile. You know, the, the, the big companies are, are the eyes are tend, tend to be slow movers, and uh, this is no different in this case. So it does allow the, the smaller firms to be able to uh, do some things that otherwise they, they wouldn't be able to. Yeah, small, nimble firms that um, are aggressive have got a big advantage over big companies that just by their very nature are very slow to change systems. They First of all, they've got this complacency that they're big and they're dominating the marketplace, but they, they have systems that are very difficult to move, um, to disrupt. Their only changes can be sort of incremental. So um, a small, nimble company that uses an, a tool like Staffing App would be able to um, get onto a level, level playing field very quickly. And um, and also, because of the, the way the Staffing App works, from what I see, it would enable much better customer service, not only for the person who's looking for staff, but also for people who are looking for jobs. Yeah, absolutely. You know, part part of the, the idea within it, as I had mentioned before, is to be able to service everyone who comes to your door as a staffing firm. That's really one of the things I understood when I was a recruiter was I would get phone calls from everyone. I, you know, they, they just thought that, hey, you know, this person places people in jobs and they thought I <laughs> I was handling all markets, and obviously small firms aren't capable of handling all markets. And, in fact, most firms today are, are very niched, um, not in just you know, IT as an example. It would be um, specific things inside of uh, IT, like, like uh, Android uh, mobile app programming or sure. um, something along those lines. So firms tend to be very, very niche these days, and, uh, and, and so, yeah, that, that's definitely um, a part of it. Could you tell our listeners some of the uh, core principles that you utilize today to build a next generation technology business? What are the what are the keys to that? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, there, there's a lot of um, I have a lot of let's say tricks up up my sleeve over the years that that I've learned from you know many of the, the best marketers out there. And I, I still have to say, honestly, that email marketing is incredibly underrated. It is really still one of my favorite ways of marketing a, a product. And I'm not talking about spamming, of course. I'm talking about of course doing not. proper. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> spams, about... do they? <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm talking about proper email marketing where you have double opt-in uh, lists and, and permission to email individuals. Sure. And uh, you're, you're also doing it right where you're, you're – it's, I, I liken it to kind of a bank account where you have debits and credits. I mean, you, you really have to do that with, with your email marketing campaign. You have to be giving value and then at times ask for something in return over, over that time. And so um, this is where tying in a personality, uh, developing a persona for yourself, uh, creating a relationship with a group of people, and then, um, and, and then being able to leverage that is, is incredibly incredibly effective. Uh, today, I, ha- I have to say that uh, Facebook, uh, advertising on Facebook, again, is an incredible uh, behemoth. I mean, we're talking about a billion users that get on Facebook, um, you know, in some way, shape, or form that are active every day. Yes. I mean, it's just, you know, it's one-eighth of the world. It's extraordinary. So it, it, it's extraordinary in the targeting that you can do. If you wanted to target 
uh, 35-year-old divorced um, men who graduated from Ohio State University, you can target that person. And that's just a level of targeting that Google is, is uh, incredible, incredibly envious of. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The, um, one of the things with email marketing, I guess, is that right at this very minute around the world, there are 100,000 people sitting in offices trying to dream up subject lines that are not going to get killed the moment they hit the, <laughs> the desk of somebody. <laughs> yeah. So that's got to be the hardest part of email marketing, <laughs> just getting opened. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, you, the open rate and then, you know, of course, the click-through rate um, to get yeah. someone to actually go to the, to the site. But, but you're right. I mean, it's, uh, you don't want to put the, the cart before the horse. You, you, in order to get um, someone to open your mail, you need to have a good subject line. And, of course, before that, you need to have a good provider that's actually going to get the email delivered. And that's yeah. something that a lot of people don't talk about. And it's uh, kind of a, a lost art where people don't even realize how many of their emails aren't, aren't even actually delivered to the end recipient uh, for whatever reason. And so uh, this is something that, that we get into. It's something that, of course, if you can just improve on that just a little bit, your your uh, conversions are going to improve. But you're right. I mean, the subject line is very important to get the email open. Uh, you have to throw some personality in there, and you have to be, of course, delivering value for people to continue to read. And uh, the best email marketers that I see out there are, are really able to tell stories. They're storytellers. They're people with a personality. They're people that take positions. They understand what their market likes. Yes, and uh, and they're able to inf- inject that personality into it, and um, and to to where you know people really feel entertained by uh, by your email. So these are the best email marketers in the world. This is what they're doing, and they're probably doing extremely well, I'd imagine, because it, it, uh, an email is a very pervasive marketing form, isn't it? It really is, and and, and it's again, I, I think it's something that's incredibly underlooked. Um, mainly because most people who try it uh, realize that they get no results and they're just like, well, I tried that, it doesn't work. And it's too bad um, in a lot of respects that people feel that way. But it, the truth is, is that if they just had understood some of the things that they, they should be doing and uh, to keep at it, uh, that, that, they, that their email list, they would realize is the most important thing that they are. Of course, the other side to that is the more people that, um, that fail at it, the better it is for those of us who are good at it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the, 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 that's the truth. And, you know, as we see in business, I mean, most people are lazy. Most people quit before um, they, yep. they hit that pot of gold. And, and uh, so, yeah, it's, it's no different when it comes to email marketing. Most people are, are unwilling to pay the price, really, to, to become good email marketers. So... How has the internet business changed since you began in 1999? And uh, where's it going to go in the next few years? I guess in 1999, it's a bit akin to a steam train, isn't it, compared with the, hi- <laughs> yeah. the Hyperloop today? Absolutely. I mean, I think about some of the things that we were doing back in 1999, and it just, you know, my, uh, I, 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 you just have to laugh, you know, with, with some of the, the technology that, that we were running with back in those days. And uh, really how it's changed is, is what I touched on uh, before, which is the, a lot of the technologies that we just take uh, for granted today weren't even built back then. I mean, sure. autoresponders, you know, for email marketing were, yep. were hardly out there. Um, all of the technologies now that we have just to, to be able to, to build websites, WordPress was 
wasn't around back in 1999. It wasn't around until 2004, I believe, is when WordPress came out. I remember when Blogger, um, Google bought Blogger back in 2003 for like $30 million. And uh, back then, I didn't even know what blogging was. Right. Um, Google, of course, did. Yep. And, um, and so, you know, I think really how it's changing now is, is things are moving a lot faster. I, I used to pride myself on, on having full understanding of everything in the internet business. Uh, just uh, I, I've been, you know, obviously passionate about it and, and, and love it. And um, so now today you just can't, you just can't keep up. There's new tools and, and, and technologies and, and it's just going to continue to go in that direction. I think one of the interesting things that, that is coming in the future is bots. Um, and, and, yeah. and bots are basically um, technologies that allow um, you to use AI to interact with your customers on an automated basis and uh, for you to be able to uh, understand what someone's problem is or, or, or question about, about a particular product or service that you have and to understand more about that individual so that you can service them appropriately. So this is one of the cool technologies that we're working in and um, I'm definitely am- amongst the many that are, that are coming, you know, coming up soon in the next few years. Bots, bots are really growing unbelievably quickly. I, I've been amazed over the last 12 months, the growth in bots. I mean, it's, it's, it's come from nowhere to um, yep. to a very common, to, well, not common probably, but a, a very well-used tool today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's, uh, it's really amazing to see, but it, it, it kind of goes in line with what we're seeing in almost everything today where things are just popping up and they're accelerating faster than I've ever seen before. So it's, uh, it's just one of those things you have to accept as part of the business and, uh, you know, you... you, you uh, you just go with it. If, yeah, I, I was. I gave a speech yesterday in Indianapolis, and I was talking about how um, Singularity University, you know, which is a university up in Northern California that's financed by the Googles and the Apples and the Facebooks and Co to determine what the future is going to bring. Um, mm-hmm. They estimate that in the last ten years, this this is frightening. In the last ten years, we've gone one percent of the technology revolution. In the next 10 years, we're going to go the next 99%. So in, mm. in 10 years' time, change will be happening 2,000 times faster than it is today. Can you? Yeah, it's, I've, it's I've heard that. mind-blowing. Yeah, it really is mind-blowing. And I believe it. Like it's, it's, I'm, I'm experiencing it every day. And it's, uh, as I told you, it's one of those things is where I used to pride myself on understanding all the tools and, and and knowing all the tools and, and, and uh, what was happening in the marketplace, now you just can't keep up. So you really have to specialize. You really have to, to be in certain areas that interest you and, and, um, and just realize that you're going to have to hire people that are experts in the other areas. There's, there's no way that, that you can cover everything in technology these days. So I know you're doing some great work with artificial intelligence. Um, so how, does, how do the products you're working with uh, fit in with IoT, blockchain, yep. cryptocurrency. I'm a big blockchain cryptocurrency fan. So yeah. how, do, how does that all fit in with um, with those things? It's really cutting edge yeah. stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, I think IoT is, is uh, you know, whether you like it or not, it's coming. And it's um, there's a lot of issues with IoT, the Internet of Things, where everything is connected to the Internet. Yeah. Um, even your, your spoon, your plate, like everything's connected. It can be a, a strange world to be living in when the spoon is telling you how much calories is on the, 
your spooner or, or, or what have you. Or when, um, but, <laughs> or when the Russians are hacking your computer through your fridge. <laughs> right, right, exactly. It's always the Russians these days. I like yeah, that. It is, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, but, but, but definitely, and that, and that's of course probably one of the biggest concerns about IoT is is the <clears throat> is, is these devices can be hacked. I mean, you, you know, you have uh, cars, self-driving cars that are hacked, and and um, you have all these these issues that really is. Um, not, uh, you know, not the most pleasant thing to be thinking about. No. But really, really, as we get into to our business, certainly um, social media is actually one of our, our markets. And we're, we're kind of looking at disrupting that, that market. One of my favorite books is Bold by Peter uh, Diamandis. Uh, I, I hope I pronounced that right. And uh, he, he has a, a book where he talks about the um, decentralization and demonetization and democratization of certain uh, technologies. And really, we look at social media, and that's one of those areas where we feel it really hasn't been, uh, we feel it's all centralized right now, uh, typically on Facebook. And you know, a lot of users are, are giving all of their, their money effectively and traffic from things that they share to Facebook where Facebook is keeping all the money. Sure. So we're seeing some, some interesting things happen. And one of the, the new technologies that came up, came about uh, in, that's using blockchain, it's using cryptocurrency, and it's using social media is a product called Steemit. Um, yes. Now, we're not involved in that, in that product, but we have very similar products in social media that, that are – are hitting on very similar concepts, but with a, a touch of affiliate marketing, which takes me back to 1999, of course. Yeah. Uh, but this is this is something that w- that we're doing in, in inside of blockchain and cryptocurrency and social media. And, and, and interestingly enough, they can all actually tie together. So we're we're starting to see that where all these technologies are getting closer, not farther away from each other. And so that's one of the interesting things of how um, how things are, are are actually coming together. We don't have much more time, but. Um your passion for uh, for marketing's really very evident, and it's pretty infectious, actually. So, what are some of the favourite ways that you drive web traffic to your companies, and and what's involved in that? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question because it's it's really the 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 main thing when you talk about making money online. If you really want to simplify it, because things can get awfully convoluted these days, and a lot of people selling products that, that they try to tell you, look, look, it's really, really difficult, but just pay me and then I can, I can, I can help you out. Yeah. And the, tr- the truth is making money online and, and developing a successful product online, it boils down to traffic and conversion, and that's it. So it's simply about getting targeted traffic to your webpage or to your app or to your, um, uh, you know, to, to your mobile site or what have you and to get that user to do what you want them to do and yeah. to actually generate revenue from it. And so um, driving traffic is just one of those, uh, one part of the equation, but driving traffic, you know, some of my favorite ways that I mentioned um, email is, is definitely one of them, but you have to have an email list. But if you don't have an email list, well, then um, Facebook advertising, YouTube advertising, this is something we didn't talk about, YouTube advertising, YouTube is not selling 80% of their inventory uh, currently. And so right. basically they are giving away right now, they are giving away their traffic. It's almost free. <laughs> and so um, I probably shouldn't be mentioning this to a half a million uh, listeners right now, Bob, but uh, <laughs> I guess I already did it. I left the cat out of the bag. YouTube is actually a great way to get 
very, very cheap, targeted, highly targeted traffic. Um, and you don't have to produce a video in order to get that done. You actually can just be doing display advertising right. inside of YouTube. But you can use videos as well. So, um, you know, Facebook is, is a logical way to, to drive traffic for the sure. reasons that we talked about. But, um, yeah, so I, w- I would say, you know, that, that's a couple, uh, a couple of examples for you. Matt, thanks very much for speaking with me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, you can learn more about Matthew Connolly. And the staffing app, the staffing app is such a good idea when you think about it. It is so simple, so practical and so desperately needed and really levels the playing field for the little guy. So you can find out more about that by going to thestaffingapp.com. That's thestaffingapp.com. It really is a great idea that uh, fills a real need. And I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Network after this short break. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking. Absolutely no bullshit business radio show on Voice America Business Channel. And we're the number one global business radio show for entrepreneurs. And this week, broadcasting from Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, California, where technology meets entertainment. Now, as we move more and more towards a world filled with screens, people who possess coding skills have never been more in demand, and that demand is going to increase. So if you're trying to break into this field, now whether you want to program robots or design websites or become a more desirable employee, learning Python is a good place to start. Now, Python is one of the more simple coding languages to learn as it places less of an emphasis on syntax than most other languages. So if you forget your parenthesis or misplace a few semicolons, it won't trip you up as it might if you were coding in another language. It can also serve as a stepping stone towards learning other languages such as JavaScript. Additionally, Python coders have had the highest growth in demand last year. So more people are after Python coders than any other language, meaning that if you're trying to turn your newfound skills into a job, 
then chances are there are spots to be filled with your knowledge. Infinite Skills is currently offering the ultimate Python programming tutorial through Udemy. It's designed for those brand new to the world of coding. You don't need to have any previous experience. And by the end of the course, users should leave with a comfortable working knowledge of Python and the ability to apply it to developing applications. And the best part, the best part is the course is currently being offered for 19 bucks. And that's a 62% discount from its normal list price. So if you've been looking to break into the world of coding, but simply haven't known where to start, this is your potential first step. Now, Atlovin, a 115-employee profitable startup, first of all, it never raised any money at all from VCs, and it's confirmed that it sold a majority interest in itself to Chinese private equity firm Orient Hontai Capital for one4 billion bucks. Now, with 115 employees, that's a very hefty exit. And, uh, you know, the mobile ad network was founded in 2011 and has never taken traditional venture capital. It raised $4 million in angel investment from backers and it's been on fire practically since it launched, doing over a million bucks a month in revenue by the end of its first year. And they couldn't find anyone to give them the investment at what they thought was a reasonable starting point, maybe $4 million. So by the end of their first year of operations, they were profitable and doing over a million a month in revenue. So they put together a round of angels, not because they needed the cash, but because they thought individual influential investors could help them grow. Now, Applovin's claim to fame is that it delivers more personalised ads, particularly mobile, and they, when they started, they were in stealth mood for the first two years, meaning they didn't do a lot of sales, marketing and public relations and focused on developing products. But along the way, it did sign up 300 customers. Two months after its official launch, it had a $100 million revenue run rate and users such as Spotify, Uber, and OpenTable. By 2015, they hit $234 million in revenue, and in 2016, they're on track to bring in half a billion dollars. So they sold for $1.4 billion. That's a great example for many startups. Quickly, I want to tell you about Click and Collect, which is a fulfillment option that lets shoppers place an online order and pick it up at a store. And this is absolutely thriving in the UK. 57% of UK shoppers use Shop and Click. However, the US and many other countries are way behind on the Click and Collect trend, with just 27% of US consumers using the service. This is largely due to slower growth in mobile commerce and uh, specifically the hesitancy that people feel about using mobile retail apps. Now, UK's click and collect market is expected to grow 78% by 2020 to about $11 billion. And click and collect is benefiting from consumer adoption of mobile commerce in the UK. And mobile is a fundamental fundamental driver because it affords consumers more flexibility in the purchase process. 
As a result, many UK consumers are purchasing goods on their mobile phones and then picking them up on the way home from work, the gym, appointments, etc. Don't forget this Wednesday, the 19th at 3pm New York time, join our webinar about the fantastic The Staffing app, which I will be hosting. If you're in the HR business, you must join this webinar. I'll see you again next week. In the meanwhile, remember, if you're not really pushing the envelope and you're not living right on the edge, you're taking up too much space. Get out of the way. Let somebody who wants to be successful get past you. You know, it's easier and much more rewarding to do the impossible than it is to do the ordinary. I'll see you again next week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.